We're going to be talking about um, Jesus' teaching on prayer today. So, uh, Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1. This is God's word. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up. And give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you, <clears throat> if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray together. Our Lord, uh, we come to you with the same questions your disciples, the same question your disciples had uh, in Luke chapter 11. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, our hearts want to be close to you, uh, united to you, in relationship with you, in fellowship with you, and yet prayer is so hard. And so we ask that you would be our teacher, that you would give us joy in praying, and that you would free us to pray. And so, uh, by your Holy Spirit, would you teach this text to our hearts now? We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So, um, today we are talking about prayer. And uh, prayer, personally for me, has been, has been a great struggle and a very difficult part of the Christian life uh, for me. Uh, being a, I've been a Christian maybe 15 years now, or 14 years. And, um, and so, I, you know, I'm not sure that... I'm maybe not the best person to be uh, to be teaching on prayer, but um, on the other hand, it, it's really in prayer um, that in my own life, I've God has shown me uh, what He is like, who He is, uh, more than anything else is really in prayer. Actually, I've I've shared with uh, most of you that as a teenager, um, I was a punk, stoner, skater, uh, dropout kid as a 15 year old and um, I've mentioned that a few times and um, one of the things that was kind of crucial in the turning point in my life was uh, I, one night I, I came home, said goodnight to my parents, uh, went out for a, a cigarette before bed, uh, came back in, lay, laid down to bed and, and just as I was falling asleep the uh, hall light went on outside of my bed and in walked three strangers that I didn't know, followed by my parents, who pinned me on my bed, dragged me into a car, and drove me 20 hours straight from uh, Bellevue to southern Utah, where I spent three weeks in a 
adolescent detox hospital, and then I was put on a plane for Western Samoa, which is little island uh, down in the South Pacific where I spent the next year and a half. So surprise from my parents uh, had had enough of the punk, uh, the punk kid and uh, so the punk kid was gone. And um, <laughs> so here I am, uh, I, I'm on a plane, we, we show up in Samoa, I land, on a, uh, land in a grass field and Western Samoa is not like American Samoa. Western Samoa is still just villages and, uh, you know, very kind of third world. And uh, we go up into the mountains, and I, I uh, um, live up in, the, in a compound in the mountains with, um, but this is a true story, I'm, I'm not kidding, in a, uh, with barbed wire fence and a mud pit and a bunch of kids marching in circles and doing pit push-ups and, um, and basically, I'd been signed up for a program uh, where, you know, where a behavioral modification program was going to get my life together. And one of the things about this program was that if you wanted to go home, you weren't there for any definite amount of time. If you wanted to go home, your life had to change. You had to be a new person, uh, which meant for them, uh, you needed to be outgoing. You needed to be happy. You needed to be loving. You needed to be hardworking. You needed to be a leader. And you had all these kids trying to get home, competing to be a leader and to show off and show that their life is getting together. And I'll tell you what happened for me. Several, you know, maybe three months into this process, I remember one morning, um, I, I'd actually had a friend there who, who I saw just about once every three weeks who had become a Christian. And he told me, you know, you should try praying. And if you uh, just start praying. And uh, if you can get a Bible, read it. And that was all I had. Once every three weeks, a guy telling me you should try praying. And um, I remember I was, we slept in these huts, and I, I was sleeping one morning. On, on, we slept on the floor, and um, we, they woke us up with a whistle at 6 a.m., which I always wanted to get back into my dream, you know, when I was there, uh, when the whistle blew. And I remember uh, one morning in particular, coming and... Uh, Say, I, 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 I was depressed. I, I, I could not be a leader. I had tried to be a leader. I tried to be loving. I tried to be outgoing. It wasn't working. It wasn't in me. I'm just some punk stoner kid who I'm not a leader. I'm not all these. I can't change my life. And what began was I said, okay, God, I, I've never been to church. I said, God, I don't even know if you exist. But I'm going to go into my day. I just do something. I'm just going to believe that you're going to do something and show up. Very simple prayer. I'm talking 30 seconds while I'm rolling up my bed. And uh, consistently I began to find that in my day I'd make a new friend. I'd be playing volleyball, kind of laughing, uh, uh, cheering up. People started saying, hey, you know, you're doing really well. I, I see things changing. And I was, I was like, what's happening and it was clear to me that even though I knew, I knew nothing about the Bible, I knew, I, there wasn't a church, there wasn't people convincing me uh, that Jesus was God, there wasn't really, it was me praying and finding that there was a God there who was listening. And he was active and he was alive and he wanted me to ask him for things and he wanted to give them to me. And that, you know, I, I look back kind of on my time in Samoa, I sometimes, maybe I romanticize that I had this wonderful prayer life that, you know, I was constantly praying. I was much better uh, prayer then uh, than I am now. But um, I'll say that um, for many of us, we sense that in our Christian life, I think prayer should be this really important thing. Like if I'm having a relationship with God, it should be 
talking to him in a relationship, and yet prayer is so hard. We don't do it, or we can't do it. We're saying, I try to pray, and nothing happens. And, it, and what it feels like to us, um, the reason why we don't pray and can't pray is because it feels totally unnatural. Uh, everything in us, for some reason, can't do it, doesn't want to do it. Now, um, on the other hand, I think that the reason... Um, uh, prayer feels unnatural to us is because we haven't been taught how to pray by Jesus. Jesus is God's son. Uh, and how Jesus teaches us to pray as God's chil- is as God's children, to become children talking to um, our Father. And, uh, and when we learn from him how to pray, um, we'll see that prayer is actually one of the most natural and hu- human things that you could possibly do. It's one of the most uh, fundamental human things that you could do is just talking to God and getting to know him. And it's in that, that it's in prayer that we really get to know what God is like. And so that's why I think it's a huge blessing that we actually, we get to listen in on a conversation here where Jesus' disciples come to Jesus and they ask him that question that I'm glad they asked that. Lord, teach us to pray. How do we do it? How do we pray? And, uh, and so what I want to do as we go through this passage is I'm, I, I basically... Um, want to go through seven reasons why this is my first seven point sermon um, we'll see we'll see how long we're here um, uh, seven reasons why we don't pray and look at what with regard to each of those what Jesus teaches us about prayer so seven reasons why we don't pray and um, so let's let's jump into them um, the first reason that I think we don't pray comes from the first word that Jesus says basically about prayer here in verse 2 where it says that, and Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father. So Jesus' first word about prayer is the word Father. Um, that our, uh, coming to God in prayer and talking to God is a matter of coming to, in a relationship with someone that's like a father. Now, let me just, let me say a few things uh, before we unpack that. Um, you know, many of us kind of have this sense that if we're going to pray right, we have to pray in faith, right? We have to pray believing. And, uh, and, and many, many people have different ideas of what does that mean to pray in faith, believing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people who think that uh, pray believing means that when you ask for something, you believe that it's going to happen. So there's kind of a whole uh, movement of churches that, that you pray over and over saying the right things, trying to get your heart to really believe that it's going to happen. And if you can really believe that God's going to give you what you ask for, then, then you'll get it. And, um, and, you know, I had a friend who, he would tell me, you know, why wouldn't God, a father, want to give to his children anything that they're asking for? And, and Jesus said to people that when he healed them that it is because of your faith that you've been made well. And so people say it's really because you've got to believe that you're going to get what you're asking for. Now, that's actually... A, very, that can be a very destructive way to approach God, is that I need to muster up enough faith believing that it's going to happen, then it will happen. That's not what we have faith in. We don't have faith that what we ask for is going to happen. We have faith that there's someone there listening. We have faith that there's someone who, there is a person who takes us seriously, who has power, who is compassionate, and who is a father. And so that's why Jesus says, um, uh, in particular, that the one who is listening to us 
is a loving, and that when we talk to God, the one who is listening, the person who is there is a loving and nurturing father. Now, the reason why that's, I say that's a reason why we don't pray is uh, because uh, all of us, when, when Jesus, when we f- start praying and we use that word father, the only grid we have to understand what father means is the father that we grew up with. And so whatever uh, understanding of what it means to be a father is what was my father like. So, for example, if, you know, maybe, you, maybe you had a father who was absent, who was uninvolved, who uh, was working all the time, who had other things that were more important than, than the needs that you have, had happening in your life. So if you come to prayer and you begin by saying, Father in heaven, your heart is going to tell you what you have to tell him is not important to him. That he has bigger problems to deal with. God has, look at the world. He's got all these problems in your little problem that you're coming and talking to God about. He's got other things to worry about. That's what father, fathers have important things to worry about. And so your heart, if, if you come with that grid of father, my father's absent. Fathers aren't, aren't there. Fathers aren't involved. You know, or maybe you had a father who uh, was... Um, uh, strict or um, had big expectations, a plan for your life and really didn't care about who, how God made you and who you are, who you were, you know, you wanted you to be a businessman or something and you wanted to be a teacher and he, he didn't care uh, what your passions were or anything like that. And that means when you come, are you, when you come to God and you start saying, Father, are you going to think that God wants you to bear your soul to him, to, to be vulnerable with him and tell you honest, tell him honestly, uh, how you're feeling? Is, is, that, is that what your heart's going to say? Your heart's going to say, he, he, he expects you to come with the, I beseech thee, I beseech thee, Father, for, um, you know, formalism in, in meeting his expectations, not coming just how you are. And so what that means, what Jesus is saying is that if we're going to learn to pray, the beginning of learning to pray is to understand that God is the kind of father of what a father should be. And he may not have been, he may not be like what our fathers were. And we might need to teach our hearts that God is compassionate, that God takes us seriously, that God delights in us. Our Father in heaven delights in us. When we come and talk to him, he loves hearing from us. He loves hearing even the smallest needs, the smallest requests. He wants to hear. Even uh, even the, the smallest words, the smallest acts of faith, he takes them very seriously. And... Um, and that also, that if we belong to Jesus, that our Father does not deal with us according to our sin, but he deals with us according to his steadfast love and faithfulness. That is how he deals with us. And so we need to train our hearts to understand that. Or as Psalm 103 says, As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. In fact, in this passage, you know, Jesus um, uh, really says this. He, you know, he begins by in his teaching on prayer with Father, and then he ends his teaching on prayer with Father. Uh, look, uh, look down at verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more? That's what we need to teach our hearts, is how much more is God a good Father? 
how much more is he compassionate in, in wanting to listen to us, in, in taking our lives seriously? Now, um, that's, that's, that could be a whole sermon, um, God um, as our Father. Um, but when we don't believe that God's in our favor, that he wants to come to us, that God is a good and nurturing and loving Father who wants to listen to us and that he wants us to simply come to him as children, we don't believe that. That leads to the second reason why we don't pray. The second reason we don't pray is because uh, we are cynical. Um, we're cynical about the world. You know, and we live in the Northwest also. You know, look at today. I mean, when, when was the last time you saw the sun? Uh, it's been months. And that kind of, it tells you the world is gloomy, the world's dark, uh, the world's hard, the world's cold. And... Uh, and we, you know, I, I think um, I, I've had a number of people who've, who've told me that in moving to the Northwest, that's been actually their experience of, uh, of people, you know, I, I think less so in Bellingham than Seattle, but, you know, especially in a place like Seattle, people have this cold, um, if you're having a good day, you know, you're fake, superficial. Do you ever feel that way? I, I mean, I feel that way. If someone asks me, how's your day going? I, I feel this kind of obligation that if I'm being authentic or real, then I got to say, yeah, you know, I stubbed my toe this morning, really messed me up, you know, or something, something bad's happening in my, you know, I can't, if I'm saying, yeah, great, life's good, God's just thankful for all these things, fake, superficial, um, that's cynicism. Cynicism says that the bottom line the, uh, the, the deepest reality, the, the, if you're going to really get down to what's real about people and what's real about the world, is that it's hard, life sucks, you know, uh, nothing goes how you want it to go, and, uh, and life's hard. The, the world's just a hard place. And, um, and the fact is um, that... Um, that uh, we do live... Um, in a broken and hurting world, there is life is hard. A day-to-day life of regular people is hard, and we face a lot of things. But a praying life, a life that prays to the Father, understands that that the bottom line is not uh, that that things are terrible and the world's going down the tubes and uh, and life is miserable. That's not the bottom line. A praying life is a hopeful life. And the way that Jesus teaches that is right up front in his teaching on prayer, um, in this Lord's Prayer, he begins in verse 2 by saying, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now those two expressions where he's telling us to begin prayer of God's name being hallowed and his kingdom coming, is he's painting a picture and saying that what the Bible says is that where the world is going is towards a glorious end uh, where God will make all things right. And that there will come a day, or as the Old Testament says, when the, uh, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. There is coming a time where God will make all things right. God is at work. He, everyone will know his name. His kingdom is coming. And so the, the, the bottom line underneath everything that we're facing is that there is a God who is active in the world. He's redeeming people. He's changing people. He's orchestrating things silently and covertly, uh, working in people's lives, working in our lives. And, uh, and that is the opposite of cynicism. Cynicism says things are fixed. Nothing can change. The world is, uh, is spinning, and, and the universe will eventually, you know, I don't know, I'm not a physicist, 
then you know, turn into a, a black hole and everyone will get sucked into it. Or, you know, that's, uh, that's what cynicism uh, says. Is, is it's all going, you're going to die, you're going to rot in the soil, uh, life is meaningless. And a praying life says, I don't believe that. I believe that even though I'm, I'm, I'm realistic about how hard the world is, God is working. And that's when he says to pray, your name, uh, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, he is saying uh, even more than the negativity of the world is that God is at work. And that's, that's foundational to believing and seeing that we are actually living in a giant story that, where God is the hero and that we're working that. So those are the eyes of, of a praying life. A praying life begins to ask for God to do things even though the world looks hard and negative. Now, um, some of you... When you think about praying, you know, asking, asking God for things, asking God for needs, asking God to change people, asking God for a job, uh, you're even kind of, you're, you can feel that in your heart right now, a kind of cynicism and say, yeah, you know, prayer is a good idea, but, you know, it, it's not really going to happen. I mean, maybe every once in a while, maybe one in ten, maybe one in a hundred, a prayer is going to be answered, but, but for the most part, prayer doesn't work. Life is just hard. And let me just encourage you that if that's you, let me encourage you to start asking God for things. Let me, I mean, that was the beginning of, of, of my whole Christian life, was I just asked God for things as a punk stoner kid who'd never been to church, and, uh, and God was listening, God was answering. And it's my experience that if, if prayer, asking even for small, simple requests to the Father becomes your habit, it's something that you're doing all the time. As any, any kind of anxiety comes up, you know, you, you're in a conflict with someone, and you need to, you need to have a conversation, and you just ask the Lord, Lord, I want this to go well. I want words. I want to be reconciled. I need the right, the right things to say. And, and you're constantly asking, whether it's conflict, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a physical need that you have. My experience is that God's uh, uh, generally answers our prayers. Far more times than not, he, is, he will answer our prayers. He will listen to them. And if you don't believe that, let me challenge you, how much have you asked him? How much have you asked him? And it's very hard that if you, if you wait until you know, a, a very big crisis comes, and then you say, okay, now I'm going to start praying, and it's something that actually God wants to put you through some suffering, if you don't have that record of God answering prayers for you, small things that you've been laying before him, then there's going to be all kinds of doubt when, when a big, you know, you lose a job or uh, a sickness comes, and you, then you start praying, and it's not coming right away. You're going to start saying, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you in? Prayer doesn't work. But if you've seen God providing for you uh, in little things up to that point, you're going to be able to stand in that and continue to pray. So, and Jesus even says it right here. God's uh, general... Uh, action, you know, disposition towards us is to answer our prayers. Verse 10. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks uh, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Um, now, so this is what I've, I've kind of given you the two big reasons why we don't pray. For one, we don't believe that God is, is a loving and good father who wants us to come to him as children and just make our request known to him. And second, because of that, we're cynical about the world. We think the world is fixed into dire um, uh, hardship. 
and there's no hope for anything for God to work or any transformation. Those are the, kind of the big two reasons why we don't why we don't pray. But even when we get past those things, um, we find that uh, actually talking to God and praying to God is 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 really difficult. So let me give you an, a, another couple reasons. This is the third reason why we don't pray uh, is because of the flesh. Um, so. The, uh, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he talks about how our, he describes our sinful nature as the flesh. Um, and basically what he's saying is that our bodies, like your flesh and blood and your mouth and your brain and everything, it doesn't want to obey God and trust God and depend on it. It's actually contrary to your body uh, to trust God. And I, I don't know if you feel this way when you're trying to pray. I mean, I find that even just asking God, taking like 30 seconds, 15 seconds to just focus on God's fatherly care and to say a need I have. Sometimes I, I, can't, I get through half the sentence and I just kind of stop. And um, my body, my mind, doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to pray. And that's for like 15 seconds. You try, you know, try an hour, try praying for an hour. I mean, you know how that is. You know, you say, okay. Set aside the side, you know, kids are sleeping, you know, no one's around, I'm going to have a, I'm going to spend this time with the Lord, you're, you know, maybe you get on your knees, you spend a minute talking about some stuff, and then the next ten minutes thinking about bacon and mowing the lawn or whatever, you know, and uh, you're my, and then ten minutes you're like, whoa, what am I doing? And then you're like, wow, I'm in the throne room of God and I'm thinking about bacon, you know, what, uh, and your mind, your body is, doesn't want to do it. That's a, and, and, you know, that's kind of a fourth thing is just the flesh doesn't want to do it and our minds are inattentive. Uh, our minds wander. Prayer, right? Prayer is hard. Prayer, it's hard to, God's this invisible God that we're trusting in and to keep our minds focused on an invisible God uh, is hard. So let me, uh, let me say a few things that, um, that Jesus has to say about that. The first is, um, it's interesting that the Lord's Prayer, half of it is devoted to telling God um, that we're sinful, basically, right? I mean, look at, look at, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. A big part of our prayer is that God wants us to just tell him that it's hard. You know, when you're feeling like, wow, I feel like I should pray, but I just can't do it, my body's, my mind's not doing it, my heart's not in it, just tell him that. Father, I, I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. And it's just not in me. It's not in my heart. Help me out. Make that a part of your prayer. Jesus says to make a part of it. Another thing that Jesus teaches us here is that prayers can be brief. Okay, you know, I timed how long it took me to read. I read out loud this Lord's Prayer. 18 seconds. I was reading it pretty slow and meditative. So Jesus says when his disciples ask him, uh, Lord, teach us to pray, he says, this is what you should say, and he gives an 18-second prayer. Now, you probably need to pray, you know, you probably, you have a lot of things going on, you need to pray more than 18 seconds. But the point is that God is not looking for uh, babbling on and on and on and, uh, and hours, quick, short things. Um, God delights in that. He delights in hearing just short requests, this is what I need. Um, and, and, and I find that, that God takes, you know, there's so many times when I'm, I'm getting ready to preach. And I'm like, wow, I should, have, I should have been praying for a couple hours, getting ready for this. And then I just go to God and I say, I got, I got 30 seconds. I just, I need you to provide for me. And I'm like, oh, he's not, this is too much. He th- he's he's going to say, 
you know, 30 seconds right before you're preaching. And, um, you know, and that's not, you know, I pray during the week when I'm preparing my sermon. But the, uh, but the point is that I always find that God takes even short prayers very seriously. He light, he's listens to them and takes them seriously. And Jesus actually, he even says this in, in Matthew when he's talking about the Lord's Prayer. He says this, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. As the Gentiles do for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Okay? So if your picture of, uh, of prayer is... I'm going to spend um, hours on, on my knees in concentrated meditation on God. You know, I, I've actually found, I, I thought that in my own prayer life, that my prayer life would begin by me doing an hour alone, and then that would kind of spill over into the rest of my day, and I'd start praying throughout my day for things. I've actually found it works the opposite way. That when I just, throughout my day, as, as soon as anxiety comes up, uh, things that are, cons- you know, a relationship, you know, someone I need to talk to or something I need or, or I'm disorganized and I'm, you know, <laughs> frustrating someone. And, uh, and I just make these little requests and, and I show that God, and God shows me he's listening. That makes me want to pray those longer periods of time by myself. That's, so it actually worked the other way. It's not pray long and then you'll pray throughout the day. I find pray... Pray as things come up, small prayers, and then you'll be able to pray longer uh, because you believe that God's listening. You believe that he's working. So that, that may be different for you. And, um, you know, actually there was a, uh, uh, one of my professors in seminary uh, named Jerem, yeah, he was talking about, he's written a book on prayer actually, but he, uh, he, was, he was talking about how he, he has a grandson who would call him up and say, Grandpa, you know, come over for dinner. Click. You know, no hi, no, you know, no waiting for an answer, nothing like that. Just, Grandpa. And, uh, and he's like, you know, do you think I got angry that he didn't talk, to, you know, he didn't make it longer and more formal? Or was I just delighted that my grandson was calling me and inviting me for dinner? He said, of course, I was delighted. And that's how God is, is that we just even say something. We just even talk to him. He's delighted that anything that you, you want to share with him or talk to him about or invite him into, he, he's glad. It's a joy for him. And so uh, start with those small things and just make your honest requests known, known to the Father. Um, one other thing I, I'd say about um, uh, you know, attentiveness and, and being attentive in prayer, I, I find that... Um, setting aside time to go somewhere and pray, you know, Lake Patton is just, I, I don't know if that was made for, to be a prayer walk place, but I, you know, I, I was there this last week and, and I walk, you know, I'll walk around, I walk very slowly kind of looking at the trees and, and I'll, you know, I'll be, <laughs> go up to a tree that has moss or, you know, tree fungus on it and I'm looking at the tree fungus, people are running by like, you know, they probably thought I was eating the tree fungus and just <laughs> tripping out, you know, looking at the trees and stuff like that. But um, like any relationship, uh, pray, you know, building a relationship with the Father, it takes time. If you're in a marriage, you need to have time set aside where you can just be together. And, you know, even in a marriage, you're just, you can be together and you talk and then it's quiet and then you talk and you're quiet. It can be like that with God, too. And as random thoughts come into your mind, just talk to him about those things. Wherever your mind's leading you, it's a freedom. You're a child with a father. That's what prayer is like, okay? So um, Jesus' teaching is really profound on this. Now, um, I told, 
I told you at the beginning that as you know, I shared my story of being this punk kid who couldn't change my life and talking to the Father. That that it's really in prayer that God shows us that He is a loving Father, that He is gracious. Um, he He shows Himself to us through our prayers, and um, and I think that one of the things um, um, that we should t- uh, to take from just that little story that I'm that I was sharing with you is that it's really um, in our desperation, when we feel desperate and kind of at, at, our, at our wits' ends, uh, we don't know, we, life feels chaotic, that that's really an opportunity to step into prayer and to find out what God is like. And so it's when uh, uh, we are desperate that we need God. And so that's, I'm going to kind of focus on that for the next couple reasons why we don't pray. Um, so this is, this is the fifth reason, right? So we got uh, our fifth reason that we don't pray uh, is because of our self-respect. Um, you know, some of some of you are the idea of asking someone for help. I mean, I'm not just talking about God, but people in general saying, you know, I need some help with this. Uh, you kind of feel ashamed if if you couldn't figure it out for yourself and you had to ask someone, you know, whether it's borrowing some money or, uh, you know, some help with your kids or, or, or whatever it is, or some, some wisdom or some advice, whatever it is, you think that there's something shameful in needing to, at, um, uh, uh, to ask for help. You want to be kind of self-reliant. I'm independent. I can take care of myself. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of times we think that we're being kind of selfless, so I don't want to bother people. Um, I don't want to put my burdens on them. But it's actually prideful to say um, I'm, I'm self uh, you know, it's shameful for me to ask for help. You know, Jesus tells this parable in, in this story about a guy who's, uh, he's, he has a traveler who's come to his house at midnight. Is a friend of his who kind of showed up unexpectedly. He's like, hey, I need a place to stay. You know, I crash on your couch or whatever. And, uh, and in their culture, hospitality was a custom that he had an obligation to welcome this guy in, give him some food and take care of him. He doesn't have any food. So he goes over to his friend, the neighbor, and starts banging on his door at midnight saying, hey, you know, I got a friend here. I, I need some bread to give him. And in uh, these houses, you know, this is probably a one-room one house with, that had a mat in the middle of it where the whole family just slept on this mat together. So, you know, for those of you who have kids, you know how it is when you have people over and they're waking your kids up and you're kind of like, yeah, just... Be quiet, like, my kid's sleeping, don't wake him up, it's a headache. And that's what he's like, he's got the kids sleeping right there, the guy's banging on the door, asking for bread, and, and, uh, and, he said, and what Jesus says is that it's not because he's his friend, but because of, uh, there in verse 8, I tell you, uh, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, uh, impudent, impudence, uh, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And that word that's used there is actually the word shamelessness. Because of his shamelessness, that he has no regard for his family and for customs and uh, what's appropriate coming at midnight. Um, that's inappropriate to come at midnight and ask for things. Because of his shamelessness, he'll give him what he needs. And Jesus says that's what our prayers should be like. is kind of shameless before God. Um, not having this self-respect that I'm too good to ask God for what I need. But kind of, you know, like a child, you know, I, Lu, uh, Lucy has uh, friends, you know, they'll just, uh, a friend from school, she'll just come up to me and say, excuse me, can I come over to your house and play? And, you know, the parents are right there, and they say, no, you know, you're not supposed to, 
fight yourself over. And the kid doesn't care. There's this shamelessness. I don't care what the customs are. I, don't, I, I just I want to come over to your house to play. And I'm just going to tell you what I need. I'm going to tell you what I want. And, and that's what God wants us to be like towards him, is the shamelessness. Not this guarded, uh, oh, there's only certain things I can ask God. There's only certain things I can talk to God about. Just whatever it is you need, whatever's causing you anxiety, bring them to your father. Um, and um, there's a, uh, in your bulletin, if you turn to, turn to the beginning, there's some quotes there. I want, I want to just read one to you. Uh, these are quotes from a guy named Paul Miller, who, he wrote a book called Praying Life. You know, let me just say, there are very few books besides the Bible that I would say really changed my life. Uh, this book really did that for me, of uh, learning to pray. It's called The Praying Life. I, I, I'd say there's less than five books that I could say that about. This is one that's done that for me. So if prayer is, is hard for you, I'd, I'd recommend this book. Um, and this is, this is the middle quote, I think, on there. Um, to teach us how to pre- pray, Jesus told stories of weak people who knew they couldn't do life on their own. The persistent widow and the friend at midnight get access not because they are strong, but because they are desperate. Learned desperation is at the heart of a praying life. Learned desperation is at the heart of a praying life. And so uh, that's really connected to kind of our sixth reason why we don't pray is because of our self. And this is related to self-respect, but because of our self-sufficiency. That we think... Uh, that we are sufficient for ourselves, that we, we don't need any help. And let me just tell you that, and this is another thing that Paul Miller says in his book, is that if you were to summarize Jesus' teaching on prayer in one word, the one word would be ask. God wants us to ask. And you will find that that's much harder than it sounds, that one word, to ask God for what you need. And... Uh, you can, uh, in this passage, you could just go through and you could look at how many times the word ask is used. But in particular, let me just say one thing. Um, is that um, in verse, in verse uh, 13, uh, Jesus says one thing in particular that we're supposed to ask for. And let me just say that um, verse 13 is, is, is I, I know I've said this a few times recently, but it's kind of a life verse for me. You know, one of those verses that I'm continually saying to myself and saying to God, um, where Jesus says this, if you then, who are evil, I love how Jesus talks about his disciples, if you then who are evil, my disciples, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's one of the things that we're supposed to ask for, is for the Holy Spirit. You know, some of you, you have relational conflicts happening. You have people that you need to deal with. You say, how am I going to enter this in wisdom and uh, love people, uh, say the right words, be patient, listen when I should listen, challenge when I should challenge. Relationships are a huge part. How am I going to know how to make my marriage work? Jesus says, ask for the Holy Spirit, and God will give it to you. This is a promise. Ask, and your Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit. Simply ask. The very power and spirit and wisdom and guidance of God is promised to you if you simply ask him. So, self-sufficiency. Now, last, sorry, I know this is, this is uh, seven. You're, you're being very patient through seven 
seven points. Seventh point, uh, seven reason, seventh reason why we don't pray is because of it's an intellectual problem, right? Now, some of you, you know, you're you're the kind of person you say, you know, I think prayers, I think prayers a great thing. My, you know, my biggest strength, my biggest re- weakness is my intellect. You know, I'm I'm very rational, kind of too smart for my own good kind of thing, and uh, and so prayer is the reason I can't pray is because. You know, I don't see how this is going to work. I mean, I see the atoms and the molecules are, you know, they're going in one direction, and God coming in and, you know, if He's, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about molecules, but you know, God changing the world, right? God, God actually working in the world. Uh, I don't intellectually, I don't see how that can happen. And let me just say that if that, if that's the reason you don't pray, what you're saying is that I understand the world better than God does. I understand all the molecules. I understand everything. And it can't work. No, you don't. You don't understand the world as well as you think you do. You know actually very little about the world, and God knows way more about how the world works than you do. And some of you say, actually, if, if things are going to change the world, I, I, it'll be more effective if I change them. If I make things happen, instead of asking God to do them, no, you will not be more effective. I promise you, God will be more effective at making change happen in the world than you. And uh, so really, the intellectual question, is, it's, it's, a question of, it's a question of pride. And the heart of prayer is to understand that this, we are living in our Father's world. This is His world. He created everything. He's, your face, God is holding your face together right now. I mean, if He didn't hold your face together, it would just melt in a puddle of flesh on the ground if, if he wasn't holding your face together. God is holding all of us together. That's, that's what, this is our Father's world. This is his world. He is working and he invites you as a child to simply and continually come to him and make your request known to him and he will show you that he is a loving Father. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we pray that you would give us faith to know that there is, we do have a Father in heaven And that you do not deal with us according to our sin, but because of Jesus, you deal with us according to your steadfast love and faithfulness. Teach us to pray, Lord. And uh, we pray that this text would bear fruit in our lives, that we would pray for one another, and uh, that we would know your steadfast love more. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.